Welcome to Axios Church Online. We're so excited you had joined us here on our online campus. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy this message. See Sunday, huh? Listen, we have been going for the past couple months and speaking on specific things. Listen, here at our church, we're very much intentional on what we do, what we say, the packages we bring, and everything, because we understand that we serve an intentional God. We serve, if you were here on, in going through the book of Genesis, you understand we serve an intentional God. Intention to detail. And as us creative beings, we, we have to be intentional with the things that we do. And this legacy season, we, we've, we learned about the mission of our church. We learned about our core values. We learned about what legacy is and what we're trying to do here at our church. And I'm going to be ending all that today because it's not only a, a mandate as a thing we do on a calendar every year, but it's a mandate for our lives, our lives individually. And there's a, thing, there's a, a process God has to do, and then there's what we have to do as well. See, we have to have faith. But if we don't put faith into action, your faith is dead. We have to know that there is a part that we have to be a part of. And if you go from the beginning of time, it is this mindset of we are co-laborers with Christ Jesus. So as God has given this, uh, this mandate and this ability for us to, to be a part of his kingdom, as we do things like legacy and we do things like the toy drive and we do things like the feeding, it strips our pride aside and it puts us in, in clear, um, clear submission of what the, the goal and the plans that God wants to do in this world. I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of people. If you turn on the news and everything, people aren't just helping each other. And God has called us as a church to be the light in the dark places. I, I, I remember when Jess and I first, we bought our first house. Um, it, it, we, we, we bought it, and um, the process of buying a house, when you're like 20-something years old and you, when you buy your house, it is the most, it is draining. <laughs> you got to get the paperwork. And then you think you got the paperwork, and guess what? Two months later, you better get more paperwork, you know? You got to get bank statements. You got to get all these things. And, and what, when you walk into something that you don't know what you're, that's coming out, like, it's kind of a little bit of, it's hard. It's anxiety pops up. And these feelings are like, what is going on? Until you finally walk into that house, you're like, oh, man, it was all worth it, right? But in the process, it's like, I don't want to give you another paperwork. We're killing too many trees here. But I remember Whenever we bought our second house, we sold that house and we bought our second house. There was a different appreciation. There was a different excitement I had for the second house than I did for the first house. Why? Because I knew what to expect. I knew what to expect. So before we were even thinking about what we needed to do, I already started getting my paperwork ready, ready. I started, even though they needed more paperwork, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they needed more paperwork. But, I, but there was a different appreciation of me going through the process of building something because I knew what to expect. And as we come into legacy, we're ending legacy. This is our third year doing legacy. Uh, we, we have to come to the realization, are we owners or are we renters? Because when I was owning this house, the process mattered, but the process was worth it because it was mine. It was mine. 
I know we talked about this before, the process of being an owner or being a, a renter. And, and it's two different things. An ownership means that it's up to me to make sure this thing is kept. A renter is, it's up to somebody else to do the work. It, when Right now we're going through this process. We had this whole thing with our with our um, septic tank, and we're almost at the end of the, the process. Um, you know when you start a project, and then like three months later, the project is still there? We're in that process right now. Um, so we're almost at the end of the process. But if I was a renter, I would just call somebody, hey, fix your septic tank. But now that you're an owner, I have to be like, hey, and look a mirror in the face, fix your septic tank. <laughs> Why? Because if I, if ownership is different. It's a different kind of thing. And here in the book of Ephesians, it gives us this sense of this mandate of that all of us have. It's not just a pastor. It's not just a leader. It's not just the church board. It's all of us have to build his church. And if we read the, the story, not only are we building a building, but we are the church. So there's a sense of building his kingdom through a church like ours, but then you have to build his church, which is you. So there is a process of building his physical church, but then also being the church. And we have to know and know how to build and build in a productive way. So we're going to take responsibility, ownership, and building his church. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 20 through 22. And it gives us this mandate, this indication of how we need to build. And it's for all of us as we move forward in our life. In verse, um, actually goes to verse 19, verse 22. We'll, we'll keep on going. It says, Let, um, that's plain enough, isn't it? You are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. Let me stop right there. It's saying, because of what I've done, that now you are a part of something. You are no longer strangers. You are no longer wanderers. Here the Israelite people were, were wandering the wilderness and going through so many things. And now God is saying, hey, now because you have been accepted, you are joining this, this is the mandate I have for you. So I'm, I'm challenging all of us because uh, anybody been saved by grace? Amen, right? Because we are saved by grace and what he did on the cross, we get to partake in his kingdom. And we get to be a part of what he's doing on this earth. So now that you're not outsiders, now that you have a name, you got the name tag on and says, hello, my name is, hey, you, you, that's, you're in this thing now. This is what he, he says. He says, you belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He is using all of us. Irrespectively of how you got here in what he is building. Let me stop right there. Some of us, each and every one of us has a story of how they got, how they got to Axios. They, they, you got a story. And he's saying, it doesn't matter how you got here, you belong here. And here as, you, as your pastor, I'm here to tell you that your presence matters and you belong here. I don't care what you did in your past. 
I don't care what you did three minutes ago. You belong. Some of you need to know that. Because you feel like a wandering uh, uh, secondhand citizen in a place that you don't have all the things. Uh, you don't know the Bible so much or you don't know how to do this so much. You don't know how to be the best, the, the Christian version. I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter here. You belong. You don't have to have a scholarly thing. You don't have to go to college for four years. And I'm here to tell you, you belong here. doesn't matter how you got here. You belong here. And he says he, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he is using you, fitting you brick by brick. Everybody say brick by brick. And stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite, oh, is, is quite at home. Man, this is a mandate for all of us. That God is using each and every one of us. He, he, he used this analogy of brick by brick and stone by stone. What does that have to do with us? Is the talents and the abilities and the giftings that God has given each and every one of us is your brick, is your stone. And he says, as we are building this thing, your brick matches to my brick, your stone matches to my stone, and we're building his temple. Isn't that amazing? Bro, I don't know about you, but my life been jacked sometimes. And sometimes my brick doesn't look so bricky. And my stone don't look so stone-ish. But the reality is he still uses us for his kingdom. You, you Think of the worst thing you've done. There's grace, and he still uses you. I don't care what culture tells you. I don't care what the world tells you. I don't care what somebody spoke over your life. You can be used by God. You belong. He uses brick by brick, stone by stone to build his life. Uh, if you go to churches all around, we have it here at our, at our church too. It says, welcome home, right? Welcome home. We want you to feel welcome well, at home. We want you to feel like you belong, that you've been here. But there's this quote I saw the other day that a, 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 a younger generation pastor put it up there. And he kind of challenged this concept of, Welcome home. Because you see the churches all around. You hear the, the saying all around, but he challenges. This is what he says. He says, the church is telling a generation to come home, but what is the condition of the home they're coming to? Wow. The church is screaming, hey, come home. But then we criticize what they look like. The, the church is saying, hey, come home, but you got to stop smoking that weed. Oh, come home, but you have, to, you have to look a certain way. You have to talk a certain way. Is that the home? We put these criterias that God has never put on people, on people, and they don't want to come home. Let's go to the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son was wilding out. I mean, to the point where out of nowhere, my man's living with pigs. And he says, finally comes to his own, and he says, I need to go back to the father's house. I had it so much better there. So then he goes back home, and does it say his dad came and gave him a laundry list of what he needs to do before he enters to the house? No. 
He says, come. As you come, let's throw a party because my son has returned. My son has come home. And if we're trying to reach a generation that is lost and dying in a culture that is, that is corrupt and nasty, how are we building his home for them to feel welcome? There's some things that I love that our church, as your pastor, I love hearing all the time where people say uh, about our church. They said, it just feels welcoming. People actually say hi to me. There's some things I hear. Well, number one, that's sad. That we go to places like churches and people don't even acknowledge you. They say this by axios. It feels like I fit. It feels like home. All these things make my heart joyous and it makes it, makes it so happy that we're building something that will stand the test, the test of time and that is genuine. But I need you to know this. We need to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's Jesus at the center, and he uses our brick to build his house. And here's the thing. The question is, are we placing our bricks at the right places to build his house healthy? Or are we just holding our bricks on our aisles at Home Depot because we don't want to use it because we've been hurt? We don't want to use it because we don't think we're good enough. You, you clearly saw here in Ephesians God said, you're good enough. You belong. It's time to put the bricks together and build his house. So the question is, if we're trying to tell a generation what kind of house to come to, what kind of home to come to, what are we building here at our church as we end this legacy season? What are we building that it comes not only for us, but you individually as well? This is the kind of church we're building. Number one is this, a healthy church with discipled people. A healthy church with disciple people. We do not entertain people, we disciple people. Let me say that again. We're not here to entertain you. We're here to disciple you. We're to disciple. Jesus' first task on this earth as he was building his ministry is got people together and started discipling them. The 12 blah, 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 disciples. It's in the name. That was one of his first mandates. To show us what, as a church, what we need to do. Listen, nice lights and all that stuff. Listen, we're going to have it. It's great. But that is not the main thing. A light is not going to change your life. What's going to change your life is getting into his word, transforming my life, getting accountable, and changing things about my life. It's discipling people. And what we're building stone by stone and brick by brick are discipled people. A healthy church starts with people that want to be discipled. You heard it right. A healthy church starts with people that want to be discipled, want to be discipled. It makes me so frustrating as a pastor. Listen, I know people get hurt by the church. Uh, 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 we do stupid things, pastors. We're dumb sometimes, okay? I'm not saying all you guys, you know, you guys are my friends, but we're dumb, all right? I'm talking to the online campus. <laughs> if any pastors are watching, I'm sorry. Um, here's the thing. We have hurt people at times, but that still does not give you the right to not be used by God. Because people hurt people. God doesn't hurt people. And if we're discipled, 
the worst thing me engineer talks about all the time is when people are like, man, I just want to change my life. I want, I want to get discipled, but they don't do nothing about it. They don't come to Wednesdays. They don't get into their word. They don't, they, you don't want to get discipled. You, just, you like the concept of discipleship, but you don't want the, the work of discipleship. Discipleship takes you being intentional to saying, I want to do something about my issue. I want to do something with my life. And I need to get around people that want to help me and not just say yes to me all the time. Because discipleship is accountability as well. So that means whenever you are doing something wrong as your pastor, I can say it very nicely and very politically. But the reality is, hey, guess what? Let me do something right. You got to change your ways. Because we don't have time to patty cake anymore. That's what we have done in the church. And the reality is we are not making disciples. We're making people that are entertained. And when the entertainment is done, they leave the church because they're not fulfilled. A church is not going to fulfill you. His word is. And being discipled is. So that's why I'm going to tell you each and every day until my, my face is blue and you can hate me. You, if, you don't make this, if you don't make intentional to get here on Wednesdays to get discipled, it's not on me. It's not on Janira. It's on you. We are setting. Listen, I'm not, again, I'm not, put your steel toe boots on, okay? But the reality is we are setting atmospheres for you to be discipled. It's your choice. Do I hate you that you don't come? I'm going to love you. Trust me. We'll, we'll, we'll kiss the babies. We'll hug each other. And I'll love you. But here's the reality. It takes intentional scheduling. It takes intentional moving some things around for to, to better me. People, we're all in this thing of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix me. It's all about me. Self-love. Blah, 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 blah. We put in schedule a podcast that you think is self-loving you, and you'll listen it for 30 minutes or YouTube thing, but you can't come to the house of God and get really fed by the word of God. A healthy church is people that want to be discipled. Discipleship is a choice. It gets us through life, and we have to choose to be healthy and disciple. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. Is this all right? I'm so sorry. I know this is not the best message, you know, but I haven't preached in a week. And Pastor Jesse did an amazing job. Pastor Jesse, well, you did an amazing job. But guess what? You ain't here anymore. All right, so you got me. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I'm just not blowing smoke at you. That's what the word says. Luke chapter 9, verse 20, uh, 20, 23 says, And he said to all, If anyone will come after me, let him what? Deny himself, take up his cross daily, and what? Follow me. Church is not about entertainment. Church is about, about discipling peoples to do what? Disciple people make disciples. Disciple people make disciples. It's our mandate. When Jesus was leaving this earth, he told us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 23, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go. That's an action word. Go, therefore, and make people that feel good about the pastor's messages. Go, therefore, and make great 
people that know how to play guitar really well. Go, therefore, and make people that like to gossip. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. We can't lose sight of what one of our mottos here at Axios Church is, to make heaven crowded. Brick by brick, stone by stone, we want to build healthy and disciple people. What's another thing that we're trying to build here at Axios Church? We're trying to build an excited church, but accountable people. Excited church, but accountable people. The worst thing you can do is go somewhere that you're not excited to be there. Last night, I would love it for my kids, but I did not want to be at that little harvest festival, Eric. <laughs> I mean, it was great, but the Seminoles were playing. It was at the end of the game. We were not playing that well. I wanted to be home, and I didn't want to be there. But you'd be a good husband, and you go, right? But that smash burger, though, <laughs> that thing was good. But the worst thing you could do is being at a place that you don't want to be at and you're not excited to be at. And what does that do? It doesn't get the best of you and you don't get the best of it. When you're not excited being there, you don't, you don't, it don't get the best of you and, it don't, and you don't get the best of it. That's why some people come to church in, in places of, of, of things and they, they don't ever get involved in other, because they're not excited about it. So what do we do? Two things we do as church people. We either come up here and try to make you excited, entertain you, or there's responsibility to love what God loves and break our heart breaks for what breaks his heart. Is it my job to make you excited about church? Or is it your job to be excited to be here, to be a part of him? See, I'm just asking the question. <laughs> because I, that's what we're called to do. And you won't get anything out of Axios, another church. If, we don't, if you don't like it here, we, we'll, we'll give you, we'll, there's plenty of great churches out there. But it, sometimes the problem is not the church. The problem I'm not saying it. You said it. Because if, if it's the same problem going from church to church, town to town, maybe the problem is not the town. Maybe the problem is not the church. Maybe we got to take an accountable inventory of what I'm doing. Why I'm not excited. Because in Matthew chapter 7 verse 20 says, thus will be recognized by our fruits and one of the fruits of the spirit is joy and if we wake up and don't want to come to the house of god and we're like oh just another check mark i know i have to go to church because i grew up in this thing and you know if not you know my mom will be no 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 no. god died for you like without his sacrifice he did on that cross where will we be so if he calls us to come in community, glorify his name, keep each other accountable, 
and do life with each other, who are we to not be excited about that? We got to get back, as the Bible says, to our first love. To, to the place where, where we first met Christ and we were so excited to, to do and to be and to, to love on him and love on his people, we need to get back to that place. We are building brick by brick, stone by stone, full of excitement, of community, of moving forward, of change, of growth. We're not victims. We're victors. But with that comes a sense of accountability that I have to be accountable to make it a place like home. You matter. You matter to this place. You matter to this place. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another, build one another up, just as you are doing. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Let me get how can I be sharpened if my other iron is not here? If you're MIA, I ain't being sharpened. So I'm here to tell you, I'm dull sometimes. You're dull sometimes. And us coming in community like this, it encourages us. We're sharpening each other for the, for the, for the week ahead. We're sharpening each other for the, 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 the thing that the enemy's going to throw at us. I need you sometimes because we're sharpening each other. But if, the, if, if one piece of armor or one piece of iron is not here, it's just not right. We need each other to uplift each other. And that's what God calls us. That's what we're, we're building a church that is excited but also accountable. We're not throwing the blame on somebody else. No, we're taking accountability for ourselves. What's the worst thing when somebody doesn't take accountability for themselves? Like when you're in an argument and you know that person's wrong, but they're like, oh, it wasn't me. Does that make you upset? Because there's no accountability. God calls us to be accountable. We're here to build his church, a healthy, a thriving church. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some. I love that he throws that in there. He says, let us meet together, but some people decide not to. But encouraging one another, even more. When the days draw near, the, even though when the, when the day draws near, what is the day? He's talking about the, the rapture of the church. We're living the end days, guys. Can you just turn on your screen and turn to Israel real fast? Which we're continuing to pray for. Listen, that, that whole thing about Israel, we stand with Israel here. It's not just a saying that we put on a, an Instagram for one week. They're still dealing with stuff. And as a church, we have to uplift them but here's the thing we're at the last days we need to even come together even more to encourage one another number three as I, i'll be done with this really really soon here we go we are a helping church with action people we're a helping church with action people we don't only talk about it we be about it we're not only people that talk a lot we're people that do. That's why we do our community outreach. That's why we do these things. That's why we do legacy. That's why we do all these things. Why? Because we want opportunities to be a blessing more to people. That's what we want to build a church. James chapter 2 verse 14 says like this. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith be saved? 
If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and no one says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them things needed for the body, what good is that? So also it's faith by itself. If it's not done, not with works, it is what? Dead. But someone, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Basically, Paul's saying right here, or the, 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 the writer of this is saying, hey, be about it. <laughs> we can talk all day of faith and everything, but if we don't put it into action, it's just words. It's just words. One of the worst things is to be around somebody that says they're going to do something and never do it. Right? Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's the worst thing. Because then what happens? You can't trust that person. You can't trust that person. We're a people of action here at Action. In the community that we're building, we're faith in action. What? Let me ask you this. How can we soften the heart of, a, of the brokenhearted person, of the church hurt person, of the doubter, and the unbeliever. How can we soften their heart closer to Christ? They see a church of action. They see a church of action. Too many people in the world that are lost have seen a church of words. Oh, we gonna do this and do they they hear the words, but when they see church in action, that's why they're surprised when we give free food out. Whenever they give us money, they're like, hey, take it. No, 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 we don't want that. We just want to be a blessing. They can't comprehend that. Why? Because we haven't been a people of action. And we're turning the, we're turning this thing here at Axios Church. We're not only going to speak it, we're going to be about it. And we need people that are, are, are coming around us that are going to be about it kind of people. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word, not just hearers, deceiving yourselves. Brick by brick, stone by stone, we're building his church. And the last thing is this. As we move forward, we're building a united church and kingdom people. United church and kingdom people. Kingdom people think different. Kingdom people think different. Because they know it's not about them. And whatever they have or the ability they have is not about them it's about him. It's about him. So that means that my agenda doesn't revolve around, like God doesn't revolve around my agenda. My agenda revolves around God. That's kingdom people. When you, here's the thing. When you are not kingdom mindset, your guard comes down to cultural things. Let me say that again. When you're not kingdom mindset, culture looks a little sexier. And you're like, well, it seems a little right. We said this in, in, our, in, in the Genesis talk that we do on Wednesdays. The enemy doesn't make stuff. He's not a creator. He has to use something that is true before he makes it a lie. So... The culture can tell you something that seems a little true, but be careful if you're not using discernment because it could be a lie. Kingdom people is, God, what are you saying? 
God, I'm getting through my word. I'm, I'm thinking of things that are not uh, uh, down here, but things that are above. Kingdom people are not offended quickly. Kingdom people do not try to live in offense. Kingdom people don't talk about the, the, the church that is across the street. Kingdom people know that Axios can't do this alone. And I'm speaking life into every church here in Lakeland, Florida. I'm speaking life to churches that, that, that are small, that are big. That we, if we're a united church, what the, whatever the enemy comes at us, we are united. I don't know. I'm going to speak for every pastor here. As for this place, Lakeland, Florida, as it is in heaven, we will have a united church here in Lakeland. Revival is going to sweep around this place. But it starts with people, a united church, and kingdom-minded people. Every soul matters. Every heart can be mended. It doesn't matter if this person's so far away from God, his heart can be mended, but we need a church that is full of action. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 20 says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in what? Mm, power. In power. The way that we lose our kingdom identity is when we let dishonor creep into the church. When I start devaluing you, dishonor happens. Because I know that just because I hold the title of pastor doesn't mean I'm better than you. God has created each and every one of us with purpose, with drive, with his Holy Spirit inside of us. Thank God it didn't say for every pastor the Holy Spirit resides in. That's a pressure I don't want. (laughs) But what does it say? The same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. So you can walk around declaring the goodness of God. You can walk around and tell your testimony to people. That's what kingdom people do. They talk, they bring out their story, and they honor people. Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another with showing honor. That's why we're here and we bring legacy, brick by brick, stone by stone. We're building a church that will outlast us, stone by stone, brick by brick. As I close, if you notice, everything he's building in a physical form, he also building in a person as well. Just because it talks about a building doesn't mean it's not personal to you. How are you building your life? With these standards how are you building your life with a legacy because God calls us to build his church but also his church is in us we are his church first Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit it dwells in you if anybody destroys God's temple God will destroy him for God's holy temple and you are that temple. 
Somebody say this. It starts with me. Somebody got to get a little hood life, right? It starts with me. Come on, say it. As we're building this church, let everything that this church has to offer you build you. Because the, t- the temple that he's building is definitely outside these four walls. We got to take what we learn and get discipled and help disciple others. But there's some things that we have to work on as we're building his house. We have to set the atmosphere. We have to set the place for people to feel welcomed and feel loved, to feel at home, to feel what our mission is all about, to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We are the church. We get to lead the legacy that God has put for this place, and you get to be a part of that. And we're building a healthy church. We're building a church full of action. We're building a kingdom-minded people. It's not about us. It starts with Come on. It starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with me. Now, don't get me rapping around here, okay? Let's pray. God, it starts with me. As the leader of this place, Father God, as the pastor, God, it starts with me. God, we're leaving a legacy that's going to outlast us, Father God. But God, as we're building this place, brick by brick, stone by stone, and as everybody's building their individual life, brick by brick, stone by stone, Lord Jesus, let it be known that we are doing it healthy, we're doing it discipled, we're doing it full of action, we're not not, um, downplaying people, we're honoring people, we're going to be united, and we're going to have a kingdom mindset in knowing that it's not about, it's not about me, but it starts with me. It's all about you, Father God. God, thank you for giving us this ability as we're moving forward in legacy, Lord Jesus, and we're moving towards the end of the year, Father God. Lord, we bless this legacy offering. Let it be multiplied for your kingdom, God. And as we transition into our holiday season, God, let us be thinking of areas that we can be a blessing to others. Let it not just start in 2024, God. There's so much that you can do in 2023, Father God. So we bless the remaining of this year, God, into the new year, Father God. But Lord, as we transition into legacy, thank you for giving us the opportunity to invest in your kingdom, Lord Jesus. And let it start with me. In your name we pray. Amen. Wasn't that an amazing message? If you'd like to help partner with us to push this mission forward here in Lakeland, Florida, you can go to axioschurch.com and in the giving tab, you can give a one-time donation or a reoccurring gift. We are so thankful for all of you that have decided to join us this morning and meet every Sunday and we can't wait to see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, turn on your post notifications, make sure you're tuned in to everything that Axios Church has to offer.